This is Double Strength Mama Power. It's the Stuff Podcast. Dear parents of New Zealand, we understand that parenting involves making many challenging decisions, like how to deal with fussy eating, when to move from cot to bed, and when to cut out those day naps. That's why we make Anmam Pedia Pro 3 Toddler Milk an easy option, so that you can focus on the important task of bringing up your little Kiwis. Anmam, you've got this. If Neve had been born really small, would you have thrown her back? <laughs> If she came in under length, you mean? Yeah. No, of course not. No, No. we we, we would have poached her regardless. Tui, is that who I think it is? Is that the first father? Sure is. The brand new father of New Zealand. It sure is. It sure is. It's Clark Gayford. He's talking with Michelle Accord about becoming a dad. And he's our first guest on this series of podcasts. We're going to be hearing from so many different people. But I think first we should introduce ourselves. How about I start then? I can say, kia ora, tilofa. I'm Susie Cato and a mum of two. Um, I've got a 13-year-old and an 11-year-old. But let's face it, a teenager needs you just as much as a toddler does. And I'm out of the toddler and the pre school stage, but only just. My youngest has just started school. I've got a five and a seven-year-old, so I'm absolutely in the thick of that and really being so careful and mindful to take time for myself because it takes so much of our energy, doesn't it, being a parent, no matter what age or stage your kids are at. And so it is about filling your cup too so that you have the reserves of energy and love and patience for your little one, no matter how old your little one is. Yeah, and we're going to have experts sharing their insights, Mm. but also real people, Mm -hmm. which I love because everybody's experience is going to be different. Totally. What totally. works for one won't necessarily work for the other. Absolutely, and all ends of the spectrum. So hopefully there'll be something here for everyone. Mm, grab a cup of tea and then let's have a natter, right? Eh? Are we caught at all? This is Double Strength Mama Power. <coughs> Kia ora koutou. We want to start with a something we're going to call performance parenting. One of the things you quickly understand when you become a mum or a dad is your parenting skills are on display for all the world to judge. However, these days, in the age of insta-perfection, there's a new dimension and a whole lot more pressure. To talk about this tricky business, we've got comedian and author, the lovely Michelle Accord, to track down one of her friends, a first-time dad who could give us some real insights. Joining me is someone who's used to being slap-bang in front of the public eye. He's a well-known broadcaster and television presenter, most recently presenting Fish of the Day, and he's been on radio for years. He's also pretty well-known as one half of Power Parents to Neve Tiaroha Ardern Gayford, and he's partner to New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern. Clark Gayford, thanks for joining me. Hello, Michelle. Great to have you here. Now, tell me, how is life as a stay-at-home dad? Well, that is a huge question. Where to start? Um, You know, it's obviously very different to what I was doing before. But now, a few months down the track, I've started to, you know, get my confidence up a little bit, Um, you know, for those things that require a little bit more thought and planning, you know, trips out, how far can I go, how much food do I need to pack, do I need to put a spare set of clothes in, yes, definitely, (laughs) Uh, do I have enough nappies, that sort of thing that you sort of get a bit panicked about at the start, seems to sort of fall into place after a while. Yeah, you start to find a rhythm, don't you? 
Yeah, a little bit. And then obviously, um, as soon as you make that fatal error of thinking that you're into some sort of a routine, uh, someone small likes to reset that clock often. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like being a project manager, but uh, but the staff are kind of inconsistent. <laughs> Yeah, they're, um, you can't send them back after a 90-day trial. Uh, you've just got to make do with, with what you've got in front of you. Absolutely. All right. Hey, so you and Jacinda announced the pregnancy in mm. January on social media. What was that like? What was the response like? Um, well, I, it felt like we were letting our little secret out into the world, and I'd, I quite liked it when it was just the two of us and we had that because it felt like we were sharing everything else. But we knew that it was inevitable and that we did need to to get it out there. We didn't really put that much thought into and planning into it, and um, it all just sort of happened so quick. And as soon as it happened, man, everything changed. Yeah, and what ways did it change? The fact that everybody knew, everybody was watching? Yeah, and the, the level of interest in, in us, I guess, um, a, a, as a family just seemed to to, to um, skyrocket. And so, yeah, you just suddenly became more aware of, of how things were operating around you. And everybody was, you know, on a countdown to the birth as well. <laughs> and like you're already like that as a parent. Did that feel like extra pressure on top? Of course. Uh, you know, just that unknown. I mean, if it had been our second or third child, I might have been a lot more relaxed about it. But because it's your first, like any new parent goes through that experience, you, uh, you're just, you know, you're scrabbling around a little bit lost, looking to your midwives and everyone else and, and your parents for, for a bit of guidance. But to have that added pressure of, of everyone else knowing and, you know, going out to the supermarket and people asking, you know, oh, is she due? When's, when's it happening? It sort of, yeah, yeah. It, it seemed to crank it up a bit. Yeah, it's, so it's like having aunts and cousins multiplied by millions. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. As you talk to other other new mums in there, and it's those last few weeks where they get bombarded with messages and people trying to be polite, but also trying to ask <laughs> where, <laughs> where things are at. And um, we certainly had uh, quite a bit of that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, look, all parents have to cope with public exposure in a way when they first take their baby out in public. But it was probably, you know, dial up to 11 for you guys. How was it the first time you, you showed Neve to the world? Um, well, I guess the first time we showed it was with a, um, the picture that we just took in the hospital on someone's phone and went out, and then suddenly that went all around the world. And for us, it's about finding a little bit of balance between, you know, we're very aware that we can't hide Neve away from everyone all the time, but just trying to find that balance between saying, hey, look, you know, here's our amazing baby, and, mm-hmm. and keeping her sheltered and, and living a pretty normal life. Because that is, I mean, for everybody it's a bit like that. You want to show this perfect human being that you have created to the world, but you also want to protect them, keep them safe. Did you guys make a plan about how much public exposure your baby would get? I, Michelle, I'm sitting on folders of photos, hundreds, thousands of photos that I'm just, <laughs> you know, and, and, and because you've all been through it, haven't you, on Facebook, where you have that friend who posts too many photos, and I'm kind of lucky that I have this <laughs> sort of restriction in place, because you're like, oh, you're so cute, Where, where's my phone? Yeah. Um, yeah, we just decided that if we put some boundaries around it, then, you know, it's easier to have those boundaries respected by others, if you like. So yeah. I don't go posting up pictures of, of her face necessarily, but, you know, I'll put the odd sneaky one out of a cute outfit or or whatever else is going along. And, you know, it just makes it a little bit easier when you're um, dealing with, with the bigger picture, I guess. And there must be some good bits. Like, there are probably lots of really positive responses to to the pictures that you do send out. 
obviously the first time was leaving the hospital. We we had that press conference and then we headed out. And I was so worried about being one of those new parents not knowing how to work the car seat <laughs> that prior to that, in the weeks before, I was actually out in my car practicing putting it in and out of the car because I was so worried that there was going to be cameras filming me trying to load Dave into the car for the first time and I wouldn't have a clue what I was that doing. That is fantastic because I bet there are millions of fathers who have tried to put the car seat into the car the very first time out of hospital and been unable to do it, but they didn't have a bank of of photographers and camera people doing watching them do it. Um, and then I was almost disappointed that no one filmed that moment because, man, I was like a <laughs> slick professional. I was like an official baby loader. Oh. Watch me load this child. Do you ever wish that your partner's job wasn't so public? Um, there are aspects of it that can be pretty intrusive at times. I'm also kind of lucky in the sense that Look, I, I haven't been able to be too far away from her, especially through the breastfeeding stages. And so I've spent an awful amount of time in at Parliament uh, up on the ninth floor, and I found that aspect really fascinating. Her staff members up in her office were absolutely wonderful. We got all these great gifts and everything from all around the world and, and people all around New Zealand, and they set up her staff room. Um, on the ninth floor as a nursery, put all these things up around the wall, put in a cot, put in a change station mm. um, for me. And so that's sort of Neve's little room up there. So we feel quite sort of privileged. Yay, that is amazing. And look, you've had to do some serious travel. And one of the things that uh, makes parents really anxious is having to do flights with kids. Mm. You you went to New York for the UN <laughs> meetings. How was travelling with a baby? It was terrifying because I, I, last thing I want to do is upset passengers uh, around you and particularly because, you know, people knew who we were. I was just so worried. We were trying to take all the steps that we could and work out, you know, points of distraction. But it actually worked out really well in the sense that our night flights coincided with her long sleeps. And she actually slept so much better than I did because every time I heard a noise, I'd <laughs> leap up to check on her because I didn't want her to wake anyone around us. But she she had a great time. She, she was fast asleep for most of it. And do you get a positive response from people as well around you? You know, um, other parents saying supportive, kind things? Well, what I have noticed on flights, because we have taken a few is that you get all the positive comments at the end of the flight when the child's well-behaved. <laughs> it's almost like a sense of relief for the people around. They come up and go, oh, she was so well-behaved. Oh, <laughs> And they sort of had been silent all, all the way through. You do kind of feel like, as a parent, that everybody is watching you, though, don't you? Well, absolutely. And especially on some of the flights, I was having to swaddle her in the aisles, and I was like, I'm so being judged on this swaddle right now. <laughs> and do, do you think that... Parenting now is more pressured because we live in an age of social media. Well, I guess so. Did you realise that there is a Facebook group in New Zealand for correct car seat installation? And there's something like 2,000 members. And as soon as new parents... I went and joined it. As soon as new parents get... Um, car seats, they put po- photos up and everyone critiques their car seat installation. Like, that, that is the level that you can really um, um, pull back the curtains and, and deep dive on some of this stuff as far as you want to go. And, of course, opinions are coming at you left, right and centre and you're quite vulnerable as a new parent. You know, you're a bit of a sponge. You want to take it all in and, mm. and you want the best for your child and, and suddenly it's, it's a very confusing puzzle in front of you and you're trying to work out why it's doing this and what you need to do to make it respond in a different way. So, you know, you're out there searching and as soon as you start searching, you realise it is a 
big old um, rabbit hole of, of information and trying to find the, the stuff that pertains to you and, and good, accurate information can be really daunting. So there's all that external pressure. What do you do to deal with that? You know, spending time with your child, you, you start to learn all of the nuances, you know. There's about... 12 different grizzles and you start to go, well, I know what that grizzle is. That's the grizzle where you've got to take your jumper off. You know, it can be really daunting in an online world going and searching for information because you are such a vulnerable sponge as a new parent that there are there are so many people out there with so many contradictory opinions. I think one of the one of the best things that happened to us was actually seeing some of these completely contradictory answers to problems we had with raising a child, which gave me, I know certainly me, the confidence to go, actually, they don't really know. So I'm going to have to make up my own decision on this. And obviously, every child, it's its own unique, wonderful puzzle. And you've got to work out how to get the moving parts going in the right direction. And so no answer that someone else gives might necessarily be the right answer for you. So you just sort of pick and weave and, and find your way and, and not get too overwhelmed by some of the stuff you can find online. Yeah, absolutely. I remember I, I used cloth nappies because, you know, I raised my daughter in the um, Stone Age and uh, there were different ways of how to fold a nappy. And if there had been a Facebook page at that point, there would have been um, people being critiqued for the authenticity of their nappies. And what's your thread count, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, and in the end, you just have to go with instinct, right? Absolutely. Huge question. What is the best thing about being a dad? Um, look, I feel kind of spoiled that I get to spend um, special time alone with Neve. Um, I had special time at 4.30 this morning, <laughs> the two of us. It's that cliche that you hear and you hear and you hear and you hear, and then when you're living it, you go, wow, it's really true. They grow so fast because every week or every few days, you get to unlock the next stage where a, where a squeal will turn into a laugh or a, or a hand movement gets coordinated enough to pick up something, and you go, wow, look what you're doing now. And so you get, you get caught up in that, and so that, that's exciting. And so for me, just watching that happen and being part of that is pretty cool to be around. Daddy shark, doo-doo, doo-doo, daddy shark. <laughs> Shh, do you hear that? That's the sweet sound of silence. We know that life as a parent is full of noise. That's why Ann Mum Pedia Pro 3 Toddler Milk is here to help you enjoy every moment with your little ones as they grow. I found that when people were giving me advice, they were giving it from their best selves, like they were giving it out of love. I never felt judged by people. I always felt like people were being loving and whether your baby's screaming in a cafe or whether you have to change a nappy in the middle of a picnic or whatever it is, I find that the sisterhood of mothers is amazing. That was so interesting, wasn't it? And lovely that you can feel so included when you have a baby. It's it's like having your own tribe. I love that. That was just one of our random parenting pop-ups that we are going to scatter throughout the podcasts. Mm, looking forward to hearing those insights from other people. Like our wonderful Michelle Court, who is still with us. Yes. We've had the first father head away for a, hopefully not a punami. But... <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't he great? That was, uh, you can hear the enthusiasm in his voice for being a parent for the first time and uh, enjoying the challenges and being bewildered, but also, you know, taking those moments to pay attention to what's going on. Mm, Definitely. With the access to a lot of online information. 
Yeah. Now, Michelle, when you were bringing up your daughter, did you have you didn't have access to online information? Look, we you? were still in horse and carts. I don't even think <laughs> there was television. Um, so no, certainly no internet. So I had parenting books, obviously, shelves full of parenting books, all of which said contradictory things. Mm-hmm. I also had my mother telling me she was a Spock um, protege, Doctor Spock from the nineteen fifties, and raised right. my brother and I that way. So she had all of that quite firm advice. Uh, so yeah, I mean. Less information than is available now, but still kind of contradictory and still mm. you're still trying to work out which bits work for mm. you. I love what he said about um, no matter who you ask, everyone's going to give you yeah. a different answer. So actually, we're all just figuring it out for ourselves. It can be a minefield, and I think you have to pick and choose the bits that you want to you know, give it a go, but really pay attention to what works for you and your baby. And when you think of t- in terms of paying attention, it's about your own intuition, isn't it? Mm. Of course. And I think it's so helpful to remember that people have been having babies for quite a long time. <laughs> and uh, and so there's an instinct. We And being able to be calm enough to listen to that instinct is, mm. a, is a really good idea. Mm. You've probably got the answers inside you. Yeah, and Clark did say that every baby is like its own unique puzzle. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. we, what's going to work for one child, even within your own family, is not going to necessarily work for the next. See, that's why I only had one child, because I didn't <laughs> want to have to learn a new way of doing things for another human yeah. being. I, I love that we have uh, the ability for um, retrospective mm. and that we can go, right, we didn't break this one, mm. so we won't break this one. We'll, we'll be fine with that second child. And we are able to relax into our intuition a lot more. Great. Mm. Mm. Do you know the thing about social media, though, is that if you are posting about about what you're doing in your parenthood and with your child, you have, of course, naturally, you have that ability to be retrospective, but you might have put it all out there into the media. And so what I loved about Clark, he talked about the fact that they had, whether they had explicitly agreed or not, they are not posting photos of little Neve's face. Yeah, I do think now with my grandchildren, I won't post. When I'm posting a photo of them, I will think how will they feel about this when they're 20? Mm. And that seems to be quite a good filter Mm. for the kind of photographs that I will Mm. put up on Mm. on Facebook. And I never shared anything until Dancing with the Stars and my two came on television with me and then it was like, oh, finally, we're your children. You've always been my children. No, 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 no. Finally, you are telling the world that we are your children. So they've always wanted, and they've wanted their own YouTube channel and all those sorts of things. But they've been a part of my YouTube channel, and now the 13-year-old is saying, oh, you know that one with the slime, you know, I made a few facial expressions that I'm not so keen on now. It's like, ah, darling, that's the whole thing about putting it out into the world. It Mm. is there for all to see. Mm. That's really interesting that they wanted to be part of it. I think that's fantastic. My my daughter used to come to comedy shows, it still does, um, and would uh, quite enjoy me telling stories about her. When she was about 15, she said, uh, Mm. don't tell any stories about me. And at the end of the show, uh, I said to her, how did you enjoy the show? She said, no, it's all right, but you didn't talk about me. So, (laughs) you know, you can't win, but keep asking. A lot of that is about expectations of, you know, what the expectations we have on ourselves, what we're going to do for our children, but also, like you're saying, Susie, expectations and desires of the children. And um, something that I like to do, and I'm just about to pop out and do this for all of you listeners now, is take a little time to just let go 
of all of the expectations that everybody has of me, of my children, of whatever I'm doing. And so I've put together a little bit of a mindful moment for any of the listeners to just take time and let go of anything that is going on for you today. Is that where you get up? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, okay. that sounds gorgeous. Do you want I a door slamming? Idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Slam it with anger. <laughs> Well, after a great chat looking outward at how other people manage, now it's time to bring it home to you. Welcome to your mindful moment. We've talked a bit about how being in the public eye and social media exposes you to judgment, comparison. Worrying what other people think of you can be a big burden to carry. It creates pressure, can cause anxiety, and we have enough concern with raising good kids, you know, the important stuff, before worrying about what other people think. Today I have for you a simple breathing exercise for all of that. I'm just going to do a short demonstration with you now, but you can extend each stage to several rounds of breath depending on what the circumstance calls for. If you can, close your eyes. Bring your attention to your breath and just follow your breath as you breathe in and out through your nose, allowing the breath to be deep yet soft, to reach your belly, finding a gentle rhythm in and out. Now on your next round of breath, you're going to inhale in the same way through your nose, but for the exhale, part your lips and sigh the breath away in a big <sighs> Continue this with each exhale, feeling the sensation of letting go. Letting go of anything that no longer serves you and letting in a sense of lightness, softness, sweetness. Now on your next round of breath, you're going to inhale in the same way through your nose. Keep your lips gently closed, back of the throat open, as you exhale, still making that same whispered sound in your throat. You'll hear it like the sound of the sea in your ears. Each exhale, feeling the tension melt away, letting go, letting go, letting go. This is known as the victorious breath, and I love that for what we've been talking about today. As when you let go of expectation, comparison, judgment, you rise up in your own power. Ah, Tui, that was wonderful. It's like a little oasis in your day, isn't it? Absolutely, and it doesn't take long, does it? Mm, no, and it makes you feel so good. Mm. But I tell you what, it's been really good doing this podcast. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Now, next week we've got some great things planned, haven't we? We do. We've got uh, Jesse Mulligan and his wife Victoria talking to us about yin-yang parenting, so different parenting styles. Every week we'll be talking to different people and we'll get different perspectives. Great, and you'll be able to take away little snippets that work for you and your fun out. Don't forget to subscribe so that you never miss out on an episode. We are looking forward to bringing you so much more content, inspiration, hopefully laughs as we progress through the weeks. Does fishing teach you good lessons about being patient as a father? Yes, well you nailed it. Um, (laughs) Patience. And being in a sort of a a small, confined space for long periods of time. And what's worse, poopy nappies or fish guts? Poopy nappies. Well, it's just... Yeah. What sort of horror is that? It just, I'm, I'm so freaking out about going onto solids. What am I saying? I don't know. Who am I right now? That's my special voice. Mama power. <laughs> 
Being a parent keeps you busy. Between food prepping, nappy wrapping, backpacking, toy forgetting, baths, baths, nose thieving, sleeping, waking, not sleeping, crying and ice buying, there's hardly any time to yourself. That's why we make Ann Mumpedia Pro 3 toddler milk a simple option. Made with important nutrients and no added sugars. Giving your little ones the strength to grow. And double strength mama power gives parents the power to keep going. And mum, you've got this. 